Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bigfoot Club. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Ash Tucker, Stephen Robert Dominguez. Believe in us, believe in Bigfoot Club, because we are too Hey, this is Luke Gross, and you're listening to Bigfoot Club Podcast. Hey, everybody. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Season 2, Episode 30. I just wanted to do a quick reminder for everybody that's listening to us on all the platforms, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart, Pandora, Alexa, YouTube. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a like. Give us a subscription. Give us a comment. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, check us out on Facebook. We're at Bigfoot Club 1 Facebook page. Uh, we're also on Twitter. So it's also as uh, Bigfoot Club 1. So follow us on Twitter as well. We'll be posting all the all the podcasts, all the changes, all the updates. We're, we'll be on those social media streams. So check us out on that. I also wanted to add, if you have any stories regarding Bigfoot or paranormal or just strange stories, if you want to share them with us, we'll we'll talk about them on the air. Or if you want to come onto the show and talk about them, we can do that too. Please reach out to us at BigfootClub1 at gmail.com and we'll talk about the, the stories on the show. Also, if you are on YouTube, uh, check out Bigfoot Crossroads. And Cryptid Tales, that's run by Matt Knapp. It's pretty good stuff. I don't miss an episode. And also check out uh, Crazy Cat Paranormal Speaks. They're on all the platforms as well with John and Cecilia Clark. Uh, this is a special edition of Bigfoot Club. I'm going to be interviewing my mom. And she had a couple stories that um, that I was pretty interested in. And I hope you enjoy it. So, hey, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about some of this. I know we talked in the past about some of the, the incidents that you went through, um, like uh, the stuff at um, in Indiana, and the other stuff that you were, you and Dad went to um, a casino hall to go dancing and stuff. You want to talk about that really, really quick? Oh, this was, um, yeah, we were barely married, and, um, when, and this was in Fort Worth. Yeah. And, uh, we went to a casino, it was called Casino, but it was a dance hall. Yeah. Real big. <clears throat> what was the name of it? Big, what was the name of it? Casino. It was called Casino? El Casino. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> Then uh, um, it's it's a very big place, a lot of tables, a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. And um, they had a big window, a big, like, in, I'm not talking about a sliding door or anything like that. I'm talking about, yeah, like, like, a, like one of the walls was window where you could see the lake. Yeah, I think I, I think once you told me about it, um, Ash and I looked online really quick. When you originally told me the story, I looked online real quick, and they had a picture of this hall, and they had a picture from the inside, and then they showed like the floor, and it showed like the really big window in the back, and it showed like you could see you could you could see the lake and stuff. So I thought, I go, man, that's that's what you were probably looking at, and you know, it was just I thought it was interesting. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And then um, <clears throat> some of the. <clears throat> Some of the couples were not dancing; they were drinking, mm-hmm. you know, cocktails or whatever, you know, beer. And they were looking out; they were sitting down close to the big window, and they saw. <clears throat> they said, and I never seen it, but they said they saw this, um, uh, like a man, a big, huge man, uh-huh. uh, sitting on on one of the rocks <clears throat> close close to them. <clears throat> yeah, and he was um. Uh, they describe him as gray, white, or something like that. Yeah, With big horns. Yeah, like a, like um, chivo. You know what a chivo is? A goat. <clears throat> a goat. And uh, he had red eyes. That's what they said. Um, and they start screaming, and they start running up, up. Like he was gonna attack them, he couldn't. The window was there, you know. Yeah. And did these people leave? No. They just <clears throat> they just ran away from the window. They ran away from. They were afraid. Everybody was afraid. And me and Marta went up there to the window. We didn't see nothing. Yeah. But did we they, kept asking questions. Was this was this at <clears throat> night? I'm assuming this was at night. Yeah, it must have been like nine nine thirty. Did they have Did they have like lights out there? Like, can did they have a porch where people can go out there and smoke and drink? They they had lights where the where the <clears throat> they had dim lights where the where they saw the goat. I see. Um. So <clears throat> so you and you and Dad stayed the whole time there. Y'all didn't leave. Y'all just continued. No, we didn't leave. But, but they the I think they called the cops and and we had to be we afraid to go out. Yeah. Was this was this in the summertime or wintertime or what? Um, must have been like summertime. <clears throat> and you and Dad were yeah were dating or you already married? I think we we had just barely gotten married. No, um, we were already married, but we had just about a, a year or two of marriage. Like that was this was like I'm assuming this was like sixty sixty one then right? Yeah. Um, so this was like in sixty sixty one. You and Dad had had just gotten married. Uh, who else? Who else was there with you? Gabriel, Marta, Mama. Okay. Theo, Theo, Gabriel, and Theo, Marta. They were there with you, mm-hmm. and y'all stayed the whole night, and then y'all left. But you didn't see nothing after that. No, we didn't see nothing. Man, because I could think, I think back then they were, uh, they had a lot of like goat man sightings in that area. Oh, they did? Yeah. 
So I think uh, there was a couple. I think it was uh, it's near like Worth, and I think it was um, they had some pictures. There's some pictures of a backside of this thing. I think in the late fifties, fifty-seven, fifty. I have to. I I can't remember exactly. Um, but they show like the back of this creature, and it's hairy and it was all white. Um, yeah, that that's what there was. Some, some of them were saying that it was gray white. So, we're saying no, it was white. So they, so they, they called it the Lake Worth monster, and um, I don't, I think people thought it was a Bigfoot, and but I think a lot of people just said it was a goat man. But um, I'll send you the picture once we later on today. I'll send you. I'll look it up and send it to you. Do you have any videos of, of you know, like I've been looking at seventy four to see if there's anything about Bigfoot. And they, I think I've seen all of them. Yeah, there's. If I look in, in Facebook. Yeah, there's there's a lot, Mom. There's a, I I can send you a collection of ones that I think are real, and there's like a ton of them, and there, a lot of them are just fake or hoax or whatever. I know, but 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 I want some like 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 you know like um small ones, you know like. Like two couples are going somewhere and they see Bigfoot or some of them go like the one that's that said uh, it changed my my life. Yeah, I don't know the backstories on some of these that I'm gonna probably look up and send you. Um, but there's I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a rare occasion to find someone that that are that's a couple and that videotaped it and then say it changed their life. That's like one in a million. So. Um, but I can send you videos that I think that I think are real that I've looked, I've looked at several times and I said, okay, I think this is probably real, but, uh, I can send you some stuff like that, but, um, on the cell phone. Yeah, I can send it. I can send it to you messenger. I'll send it to you messenger. Do you want to, do you want to talk really quick about, uh, the incident that you had in Indiana? Um, what was it called? That place? <clears throat> Indiana Harbor, Indiana. Indiana Harbor. You, you want to talk about that really, really quick? The, the reason is it Indiana Harbor, Indiana, because the Indiana Harbor was the, the like Dallas, you know? Yeah. And Indiana was state. Right. Okay. Um, we went up there to pick tomatoes and to pick uh, broccoli. Broccoli? Broccoli? Yeah. What what year was this? What what year was this? This was nineteen fifty-seven. Fifty-seven, okay. And um, it was right right before you got married, right? Yeah, I was in nineteen or twenty. Not okay. sure. Okay. <clears throat> and um, me uh, and Mary and but <coughs> we <coughs> we had the boys. Victor and Jesse. Mm-hmm. Victor was eight and Jesse was ten. And we went, we took him, I don't know why, because mother um, had to work and she stayed home. Yeah. She had Sylvia, it's a baby, and she had to find babysitters. Anyway, we went up there and um, <clears throat> the, the, the guy that was running the place was a Mexican guy, but 
through a a, a Leo farm farmman, you know. Mm-hmm. And he gave us um, a little cabin where we could stay. They would purchase you everything, and, and so we went there and would get up every morning, make tortillas, and una little stove chiquita, yeah. and enough for us to go to work. Anyway, to make the long story short, um, we were up there and um, we went to pick tomatoes. Then from there, we went to this place in Indiana Harbor because we would travel from one city to another. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember that little city where we went to pick tomatoes from. From there, we went to Indiana Harbor. And there, it was really wilderness, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, it was real cold. And I remember putting my gloves and boots, and and uh, we started working. And I told my dad it was real cold. He said you have to work. What time of the day was it? Was it like early in the morning? Four o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> wow! So the sun wasn't up yet, or what? No. Okay. It was dark, it was dark, and and they had. They, they had to put their trucks with the lights on mm-hmm. so they could see what they were doing. And there was like three or four trucks, you know, that they park on each side around. Yeah. So, so the lights could be on. We didn't have any lamps or nothing like that. And so as we were working, there were four men ahead of us and they had the cuchillos, you know, those big yeah. knives. Yeah. Where, where they cut the perejil. Well, what do you call the perejil in English? What is it? The perejil. The, the, the stem? The stem? The, the, yeah, but, but it's for the it's for the, the people that order plates and, and they put just as decoration. Oh, the parsley. Par- parsley. Yeah, it was parsley. And, and we would put them in cajones and and close right. them up, and right. people, other guys would pick it up. Yeah. And anyway, we were there, and we had just started working. We had been there many times, mm-hmm. like three or four times. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was a big corn field that was real high, you know. And and then... Um, <clears throat> we, we were way in the back because a lot of people were already in front of us. They were, they, it was a big, a big place where we were, I mean, where we were working. And there was a lot of people in front, not a lot, like, I'd say like 10. Very in, in front, you know, people up there in front cutting the perihil too. And all of a sudden, uh, they, we, it was so quiet that that they, we heard a noise like um, a growling, ugly growl, you know, mm-hmm. ugly, ugly, like I never had heard it before. Yeah. And, and como the cornfield was so big, so many acres, he was coming from far away and he was growling and, and you could, he, you could hear the, the corn like, like he was smashing everything. <clears throat> yeah. And then, so it, it, was it? I'm gonna stop you real quick. Was it a growl or was it a yell? Was it yelling or was it? Because like growling is like kind of low and like. Rrr. Was this like a yell? Was it screaming? Something like like growling, screaming, like I had never heard before. Okay. 
And, uh, but then I had never heard of there, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then the man got up and said, oh, es el oso, córranle. Entonces, viene lejos, digo, viene lejos, pero viene. Yeah. And then, Papa had brought a brand new car, a 57th of the year. Uh-huh. So we got it, he got us in the car and we left. And all the people were getting their trucks to leave. <clears throat> so I saw him up there because Ed had the cabins. But yeah. Me and, uh, there, there was a 16-year-old girl. I was talking to her. And I asked her, is that a grizzly bear or just a bear or what? She said, oh, we never seen him, but uh, every time that happens, we have to leave, and we don't want to stay there and see it. Yeah. She, she didn't speak English. She spoke Spanish. Right. Um, also, also means bear. So I know you were saying also, so I just wanted to say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, also means bear. So at, at that time, I spoke nine but Spanish. Yeah, I, I spoke English too, but not not, not while very you, often. Not not while you were there, right? No, not while I was there because. So your father, when I met him, he spoke not, nothing but English. Yeah, so <clears throat> when when you heard this growl or the scream, um, where was Papa? Where where were the boys? And where was uh, Tia Tia Mary? Tia Mary was right. Besides me working with me, and I pushed and I said run, and, and Papa was next to her, and he said "Suanse al carro." Yeah. And Victor and Jesse were asleep in the back of, of the car. Yeah. The seat. So there were there were guys ahead of y'all that were they were cutting all the all the product that y'all were picking up, or there were four of them in front of us, like I'd say about. Quite a way, um, you know, they were way ahead of us. Right. Like, I'd say, like, I, let me see, like, from here, in front of the house. Right. To across the street. Right. Okay, so when when you heard this growl, where where was the growl coming from? Was it in front of them, behind y'all, to the side of you? Where was it coming from? We were, we were facing the cornfield. Okay. So it was, it was, they were, the guys were closer to the cornfield than you were? The guys that were in front of us, no, but the guys that were, four more were on closer to them. Okay. They, see, because there was worm in front of us and then space and then there were workers, like four people, five people working, and then there were four more way ahead. Okay. So those are the ones that start running right away. So what did what did Papa say it was? Do you do you, do you remember? He said he was an oso. Did he believe that it was it was a bear? I think he believed it because we didn't know nothing about Bigfoot. Yeah. Because like, mean, because because they start crazy. Molina corre hay un oso Yeah. Um. Because I I've talked to John Benernickel. John Benernickel's already passed away, but he's a he's a Bigfoot researcher, but he's also a wildlife biologist. So he he's uh, he studied at or he taught at um, British Columbia uh, University in uh, Canada, and I asked him that question about vocalization with bears, and he told me that 
very rarely do bears do vocalizations because they don't want people to know where they're at or they'll, they'll only do vocalizations if they're seen and they feel threatened and then they'll stand up and do a vocalization. They'll, you know, stand up and try to seem like they're bigger than what they are. And then they'll, they'll scream at you. But if they, if they have like cubs and then you see the cubs before you see them, then they'll attack you to protect the cubs. But, um, Mm -hmm. But this thing was was screaming at y'all from a distance, and he you obviously couldn't see him, and so you said that they were like cutting. He was like stomping through the corn, so apparently you you were or your group or the people that were working were in its way to get food. So because it, you were in a way to get food, then it was going to try to scare you out of there by screaming and stomping through uh, the cornfield. So when you told me this first, when you first told me the story. I forgot why you were telling me this, but I said, I go, mom, that's not, that's not a bear. It's Bigfoot. Bigfoots do that because bears don't do vocalizations and especially if they're not seen. So, um, man, I wish you'd have known back then that you saw, you had a Bigfoot incident. Mm -hmm. I guess because I didn't know. Yeah. And they've been there for a long time since. In the early 1800s. Yep. Um, I was looking online too. I actually, mm-hmm. I actually wrote the state of Indiana for, um, for uh, agricultural um, uh-huh. list of agricultural stuff, like from from Indiana Harbor. But they've never, they never responded to me. I asked them for. Uh, what was pulled in the in the fifties, in the late fifties? What what was the farms and where were they at? And they never responded. So I wanted to, I wanted to narrow it down and get an actual because, like you said, that you're picking tomatoes and parsley and broccoli. So I was asking them for this list of 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 agricultural farming that was in that area, but they never responded to me. So I got to I got to follow up and because I was trying to pinpoint exactly where it's at because I think Indiana Harbor, I think it's changed. It's not called that anymore. And it's, I can't remember the name of the area it's called now, but it's like, it's all like uh, developed now, that area, mm-hmm. the area that you're talking about. So. Yeah. It, it's probably not <clears throat> there no more because you know how Dallas was Dallas is now. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to talk about uh, my, the stories about my great grandfather. I think I told you those stories already. You did, but you didn't. I didn't. I didn't record it, so I'm kind of recording you right now. Oh, I see. I wish story did you want to hear? Um, anyone you want to get, or anyone you want to tell me, or tell them, tell me all of them. Well, I do remember that um, my mom used to tell me that uh, her father. This is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. He um, used to work in the mines in Malakoff, Texas. And uh, some other little city close by there, but I can't remember the name. But uh, he used to go into the mines like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning or sometimes go in earlier and come out at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, different hours. And I do remember he said one time that that he went in there and there was nobody there. There was like a railroad tracks there, you know, where they would put the coal in there, mm-hmm. black coal. And 
I don't know why they use it for, but they would put it there and then just they would slide it down on the like the railroad tracks. And he said he saw a person like maybe far distance. And he uh, had like a lamp, you know, like one of those kerosene lamps. Mm-hmm. And he would go up and down, up and down. And he said, who are you? What are you doing there? But he would talk to him in Spanish. And then uh, he said uh, he wouldn't answer him. So all of a sudden he just disappeared. He just said, I don't know who he is, but I'm not going to investigate. Then that night he came home, and um, my grandmother always would make some taquitos and coffee close to where he would go to bed. And uh, and so he lay down in bed. He wasn't hungry. He just drank the coffee. So he lay down back because he was real tired. And all of a sudden he said, he felt a very heavy hand, arm, an arm, on his on his uh, waist, mm-hmm. like somebody was hugging him. And and then he said he touched. It was kind of heavy. He touched the arm. No, before he touched the arm, he turns and 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 touches my grandmother. He thought it was her, and. Her back is turned the other way, so it couldn't have been her. And then he kind of scared him, and he touched it. And it was real hairy, hairy. Mm-hmm. And it, he, he couldn't even pray. He said all of a sudden he just, little, but it took a long time, forever. He said it could have been seconds, but to him it was an eternity. And he finally lifted up. And when he did, he got up, put the kerosene light on, told my grandmother we're moving out. We're not staying here no more. There was a story of one story that happened to, to him. That was okay. So he was he came home from doing the the coal mine, and he was tired. And um, my my great grandmother had left him some food and coffee, so he was laid down. She was faced the other way. Yeah, and he said you said that he had a there was a, an arm that was on him and it was hairy. Yeah, that's what he said. And he touched it, and yeah. and it wasn't her. He turned back and it wasn't her, right? No, because the whole arm was hairy. And he jumped up and the arm was gone. After after the arm lifted up, he stayed there. I don't know for how long because he got so scared. Mm-hmm. Then because uh, there was. It was fish dark. He couldn't see because he had put the kerosene up. Yeah. And then he was trying to put it on. He got real nervous. Uh, you know, like he couldn't put it on. He was scared. And finally he puts it on and wakes up. My grandmother and said, we're leaving. He didn't tell her nothing about it. Right. So, and, go ahead. And my mother, it was my mother and her older sister and and my uncle Raymond that that were in bed with them too because they were little. Yeah. 
Um, were were these like cabins or were these like tents or what? I mean, because I'm I'm assuming they had housing close to the close to the mine. No, but, it was housing. It was housing. Little, little housing. Okay. okay. So I'm 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 assuming they they were close to the mine, so the workers can like you know have their families and and go home and work you know rest and then get up and go walk to the mine. Right? It was it was relatively close. Do you think it was close? I think it was a very close. Yeah. Okay. And then the first story, the first the first story you were talking about was he was in the mine, and there was there was somebody like down in. Further down in the mine, that was trying to. It was called, that he saw. Yeah, well, that that same day, that same time that, that he went to the mine. Oh, okay. And, and he came home. That's when it happened. When he saw that man up there, whoever it was, and he came home and he was going to tell my grandmother, but my grandmother was asleep. So, um, so he saw somebody in the mine. Did did it look like another? Did I don't I don't recall. I think I recall you saying that it looked like another miner or he was waving him yeah. down or was waving him to come to him or something. It was another mine. It, it looked like another miner. You know how the, they wear those hats and they got lights. Right. And it was a kerosene. Well, it was a kerosene yeah. one. Okay. Well, they, they have lights on, 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 um, on the head. Mm-hmm. Is it, have, have you ever seen one like that? Yeah, I've, I've seen the pictures of it, and and I've seen stories about it and drawings. Well, uh, he had a, a like a lamp, and he was going like that, but he could see that he had a head like his, and that that head had a light, where you know, because it was it was real dark in there. Um, do you do you recall what time period this was? What year it was? Yeah, or close to, or an idea where it. I think it was. Uh, the 1800s, right? My mother, my mother was born 1915, so my mother was like two, and my uncle was like two years older. So it was like in the early 1900s. Yeah, in the early 1900s, before. Wow. Before the, the the twelve or the thirteen. Okay. Um. So he he saw this other miner, and did did you say before? Because I know you told me the story multiple times. Did did this other miner was waving him like to come toward him, or like he was telling him, "I'm up here." Yeah. Like he was telling him, "I'm up here." Okay. And 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 the further he would walk up there. The miner would go further, you know. Yeah. Backwards, backwards, you know. Did did he so, did he say whether this miner was speaking Spanish or English? Do you, do you do you recall that? No, he never spoke to me. He just he just hand gestured him. You think? Yeah. Okay. That's to me. That's really scary to for you to see another you 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 know see another person that's further down this cave and and is waving him to come to him maybe maybe he wanted him to see something that um or discover something i don't know and and you know that 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 other story about <clears throat> all right it was like uh my grandfather had come out of his house in where 
you know, where, where they gave him housing and he had his lunch with him and he was walking towards mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Because nobody had a car there. Everybody had to walk to the right. mine. See, it must have been very close by. And there was some, some more houses there. And he saw a woman with long hair just dressed in white, but he saw the back of, of her, of her not. He didn't see her face talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it, he just murmured to, to her so early in the morning gossiping, you know. Yeah. And he just kept on walking. And he was walking to, to work. And, and uh, there was a, a home. It was like um, Mesquite, you know, uh, like a whole bunch of it. And he, he noticed a woman got in front of him. And she was not walking. She was floating. She was floating, okay. At first, he kept walking after her. But then when he noticed she was floating, he never could catch up with her. He got scared and he said, the back of my neck just, so the hair just stood up, you know. And he continued going to, to work. He didn't follow her no more. And he was afraid to look back because he was afraid that she might be following him. But he got to work. He didn't talk to nobody. Uh-huh. And there were other people there working, but he didn't say nothing to nobody because he was afraid that nobody was going to believe him or make fun of him. So he was walking to work. He saw this lady. He, he told her in Spanish. Uh, are you gossiping? Are you? It's late. Something like um, it's late, so you're gossiping right now. And she never responded. She never responded to him, so she never looked back. He never saw her face, right? Do you think? No, he never saw her face. And so, did she? She was walking on the road, and then she did she did she veer off into the woods? Uh, well, he said when he said that he kept on walking, and he. He didn't expect her to to walk in front of him because he thought he had left her up there, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she's in front of him. Oh, I see. And she, she's walking fast, and he 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 said, so he started following her, and then all of a sudden she wasn't walking; she was floating. Right. And and it get it scared him a lot. And after that. Uh, he he got to work and he really couldn't work because he was he, he's afraid to tell anybody because he knew that they he's afraid that they weren't gonna believe him mm-hmm. or make fun of him you know but um, <clears throat> he went through a lot of experiences real bad he said uh, that place was like a cemetery. And a lot of things happened there. Wow. A lot of a lot of um, that place was like a. He said at one time that it was like a cemetery. Right. He told my grandmother. Um, I was going to ask you. Um, like he he told he told the stories these stories to Mama and Mama told you or he told you. No, he never told me the stories. Oh, okay. He told. He told uh, my grandmother, and I think he told my mother too. 
Okay. I mean, because it almost sounds like to me, mom did like he was. I mean, whenever I say this, I don't mean it in like in a good way or whatever. But it sounded like he was like he was kind of gifted, where he could see these 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 things that no one else could see. And then like because so, a lot of times, uh, most people who see paranormal stuff, they're they're kind of they're kind of chosen to see it, and they and they see these things, and it it just like it's. It's like they're attracted to, you know, these things are attracted to them. And uh, like, um, kind of like if they're like a radio station and he's like the big antenna and they just attract, they're just attracted to him for some reason. Well, uh, he, he saw a lot of, he saw a lot of things and now, um, I don't remember all the stories, but I remember those, they stuck in my mind, you know? Yeah. Because see, we we were not allowed to hear none of this, and sometimes my mother would be telling my father, and me and my my cousin Joyce, we were like six or seven or maybe younger, and we'd go under the table, because in those times they had uh, those uh, tablecloths, real, real, uh, right to the bottom, where yeah. you could hide under there yeah. and hear the, and hear their conversation. And as and most of the time, I would hear those conversations. And then, as I grew up older, I, w- I would ask my mother. You know, I heard this conversation, and my mother said, "Oh, what did you? Did I tell you about it?" I said, "No, but I heard it, and she would tell it to me again." And it was scary, very scary. Um, there was another time that. Um, now this was this happened to my mom and dad um, I don't know if you want to hear it yes go ahead um, my mom and dad they rented this uh, two story house and um, so that, uh, I don't know how much they were paying but it was in the wilderness and 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 uh, my dad and my mom live upstairs, and the other couple lived downstairs. The couple were helping my mom and dad pay for the for the house, and so so my mom, my mom and and my dad were were laying down in in bed, and it was in those days, Robert. The the houses were real high, mm-hmm. the two two stories houses. There was no stairs, there was no no ladders, no, no nothing. And um so my mom was reading a magazine and my dad was reading the newspaper. Mm-hmm. It was still early, it was about uh it must have been about ten or eleven o'clock at night. And uh, my mom saw something in the window in the window and, and she told that What's that? They were very young because they had just gotten married, and and he said what? And then he he saw it too. There was a woman looking through the window, way out there where they were, and and she had her hair back and like rolled up to the right top, like they used to wear a long time ago. Yeah. And um, so he he ran to the window. Well, by the time he ran, I mean, he ran to the window. She was already running away. And it's 
my mom says she was a very skinny, tall woman, like nine or she, she's, I don't know if she was overdoing it or, or she said it was like, like, like she never seen a tall woman before, like maybe 10 feet tall, she said. So they were up on the second floor, you said, or the first floor? Second. And this thing, this this woman came to the window, and I'm assuming she was floating. Uh, yeah, that's what she said. And so whenever whenever Papa went to the window, she she went down to the ground level and started running away. Yeah, and, and the couple, the couple downstairs had seen her too. Oh, okay. And 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 they were uh, the women were screaming, and and the, the men were were uh trying to run after after her and to catch her but but uh mom said don't 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 because we don't know what it is and and um she never came back again but they saw the ugly woman i don't know what it was um that it's that's odd i mean to see something was was that in Dallas or was that somewhere in Texas? It was in, in Texas. Okay. In those times, there was a lot of a wilderness. You know, there was in you know, like it is. There's a lot of houses now. There, yeah. There was nothing but people just living in in, in the wilderness. So this was in this was in the uh, house in the woods. Yeah. Do you know where in Dallas where this was or Texas? Um, I think it was in Malakoff, close to Malakoff. Okay. Did uh did did Papa work at at, at Malakoff Mines too? Papa worked at the mines too. Yeah. So our great grandfather, my great grandfather, and my grandfather worked at Malakoff. Did did he? I'm almost I'm curious to to hear whether he had the same kind of experiences as uh, my great-grandfather no my father never had that kind of experience um i was re- i was reading online here that the the Malikoff mines were discovered in 1912 and it was it was built in which i guess Malikoff is in henderson county and it was built by texas power and light um for the mining and they built a facility really close to there for 600 miners and during that time uh and then they they closed the mines in 1945 and then it says here that the miners have a reunion every five years since then since 1945 so i don't know if that that miners reunion is still going but um that's what they say on the i think it's the malakoff it's like a tech texas escapes it's like a, a website dedicated to i guess counties and in uh in texas but that's uh, that's interesting i didn't i didn't because i do i do remember as a kid mom when when i was really little i was probably like i don't know maybe five or six maybe right after i got out of the hospital or something but i i i recall us going to a malakoff reunion in malakoff and um we, we it, did go uh we, we did go uh, like twice, uh, they had like celebrations. Yeah, it was like it was like picnics, and it was like 
uh, under like a big awning and it was like, um, cause I remember it was like a big spectacle and it was like a Creek by there. And I, I remember running off a lot and just running around and it was like a lot of stuff going, they had like game, I think it was like games and stuff and all kinds of stuff. But I was like, well, re- I was really little. I don't remember that because I guess you must have wandered around looking around. Yeah. I mean, cause like, I, I, they I, had like, like, a band there, like people were dancing, and most of the time yeah. I've been it there, you know. Yeah, they had like hot dogs and hamburgers, and uh-huh. and you know, um, brisket and all kinds of stuff. You know, rice and beans, and it was it was like a big celebration. And I I recall, but I don't I don't recall whether Papa had said he had worked there to me or, but that I think that's kind of that's kind of odd that our our great grandfather was working there, and so was Papa. So, wow. You know, you know that that my father was president of the uh, Socia- I mean, I have to say it in Spanish. Go for Sociedad Mutualista Mexicana. He he was well known in in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. He was known all over Mexico, and he was known because he was president of of that organization. Was that was that organization? Was it like a a charity uh, for for yeah. Spanish people or what? Yeah, it was an organization for for people that um, they would make uh, tamales. They would do a lot of stuff and right um, for people that needed help with their house or their living situation or stuff like that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Or, or or if they needed like a roof. Or they needed like like repairs in their house or something, right? He, he yeah, he always... exactly. And and you know that when me and your dad, uh, I had the kids. You you weren't. Let me see. You were probably born already, but you were a baby. And um, uh, I took the kids. Your father had fallen down from a what do you call it? The skiffle. He was uh, building bricks. Wouldn't break somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> anyway, he left the ice cream and he went to work with Carlos, uh, this guy, and and he, uh, they were he he was a bricklayer. So your father fell from that ladder up there, and broke his arm, and he couldn't work, and so we didn't have no money for, for lunch for all my kids, you know. Mm-hmm. You were a baby, so you were at home, you know. And uh, um, we went to the principal. The principal said that he had given everything to all the other kids, that there was no room for more kids, for lunch for more kids. And I said, what are we going to do? And so I called my father and I told him the situation. And my father came right away. He said, don't worry about it. I took care of it. He said, uh, I know somebody in the organization is going to help you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, people, not only people, simple people, people like lawyers, people like, uh, you know, would get involved with, with my father. Yeah. My father spoke, spoke perfect Spanish. And my father was very intelligent. And right. so... Yeah, he was a he was a poet, and he played he played the violin, and he did all kinds of stuff. 
Yeah, that's how he met my mom in, uh, playing the violin in a dance hall. Yeah, and then and then um, my dad, um, he said, don't worry, I'm uh, taking care of it. Uh, Trini, my friend, is going to take care of it. Yeah. And uh, and then the following day, all my kids got tickets to, to eat. Richard, Steve, Mary, Sandra. At, uh, at school? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I had it too, so. Oh, you had it too? Yeah. And, um, but, um, there was a great help. I mean, a real relief from, for us. And my dad, you know, my dad was the type of person that, that you would tell him, uh, Papa, can I borrow $5 to buy? Que quieres comprar? I want to buy some eggs for the kids and this or that. And he, he said, okay, uh, I got to go home and get the $5. So he would go home, come back, bring three big gro grocery bags, big uh, yeah. eggs, bacon, everything, apples, oranges. And then he would give me the $5. He said, here's the $5. Um, I said, then I'll pay you as soon as I can. No, it's okay. You don't have to pay me back. You know what I what I recall about him so much, Mom, was growing up um, that he was always dressed nice, even on Sundays. I mean, even on the weekends and, like, weekdays, he was always, like, wearing slacks, shoes, a nice dress shirt. And, like, he was, like, uh, every now and then he would have a tie on or once time he wouldn't, you know, and he would just was always dressed nice. And his hair was always, like, straight and combed. <laughs> Yeah. So, so well, I, he he had to be dressed like that because he, every day he was. They would call him from the organization, mm -hmm. and since he was president, he had to be there almost every day. He was always he was always really good to me, and I he's always fair and polite, and um, he was always good to me. Um, so I, that's what I have memories of him. Uh. Just always being well, being nice to me all the time. He was he was good to to all the kids. Yeah. Did, did, did I ever tell you that that when Sylvia and I were there with him when he passed away, um, he uh, we took him to a church one one time in Sylvia, mm -hmm. and he and uh, it, it, it was the Temple of Alabanza. And he took the microphone away from the pastor because mm -hmm. he went out there and he said it was Father's Day, and he said, "I lost. I'm 89 years old. I lost my father when I was seven, and to this day he's like crying." Mm -hmm. He said, "I raised. I was raised without a father, and uh, but in front of everybody, I want to tell everybody." That I give my life again to Jesus Christ, mm. and there was like eighteen hundred people there that day. And then when he was almost dying, he he got my hand, and he got Sylvia's hand. He said, "Can you hear that? Can you hear that?" And I said, "What, Dad? What can you hear? The trumpets, the trumpets." The angels, they're they're blowing the trumpets. Yeah. 
the Sarath is vanished. And then, um, and he said, oh my God. And, and, and we said, what then? And he said, they're writing my name in the book of life. So I know where my father was. That's good. And um, I don't know if I had ever told you that, but I think you my have. Father was, I, th I think my you father have. was such a good man. You know that one time uh, I was when I was staying with him. Um, it must have been like two o'clock in the morning. They called him on the phone, and, and he was putting his shoes on and everything. And and my mom said. You have to go. He said, yes, I have to go. And um, he left, and I told him, what happened? He said, oh, some friend of his, a young friend of his that works with him on construction, uh, his wife is going to have a baby, and his car won't start, and he needs help. So my dad went to take him to, to the hospital, a wife that was going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, he would do things like that for people yeah i'm you know i'm not surprised because he because i i mean i don't know he, he he seemed like he was always doing stuff all the time for people all the time when he, even when i was a kid and uh he would like because i know one time i think they were they were building like they were putting a roof on someone's house and i remember hearing the story that um they were fixing someone's roof and, and, you know, he'd always wear slacks and shoes, even like as old as he was. And he would like get, get on the ladder and go up the ladder to go see them working on the roof. And some, some of the roof guys were telling him to get off the roof with those shoes. And he said, you don't tell me what to do. And so, <laughs> so he, he would walk on the roof to go inspect the, the work that they're doing for these people. And I remember hearing this. I can't remember who was telling the story. I think it was like Theo Victor or Theo to Jesse or something. They were telling that story. And uh, I remember hearing that about him. So that always stuck on me that, you know, they were they were doing, they were working on someone's roof because, you know, that's what his group did. They they helped out people. And he was just one of those people that, you know, you couldn't tell him what to do because, he you know, he was going to do whatever he wanted because he was looking out for people. So. Yeah, if people would tell him about the freeways, he said, I work all these freeways, so I know everything about the freeways. Mm -hmm. And if somebody would tell him, uh, can you take me somewhere, the the address, just give me the address. You don't, you don't need to tell me where to go. I know where, where to go. Yeah. And he was a very smart man. And he just went up, he went up to the third grade, but he was very intelligent very i mean he was such a smart man yep he was so i mean my dad was always i mean there's not one grandchild that, that didn't love papa yeah ricky loved papa ricky yeah and when we went to to mexico ricky went with us ricky was 18 and Papa would take him to go eat cabrito, you know, goat. Yeah. And Ricky says that it was the best goat that he ever ate when he went to Papa. <laughs> yeah. And, um, um, so. Um, 
I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about this one story and this was, I mean, you, you can talk about it or you don't want to talk about it. That's, that's fine. Um, but I wanted to ask you about this one story. Um, do you remember there was the time when we were, we would go to Mexico, um, to go see the doctor and, uh, it was me. I mean, I was little, I was probably like, I don't know, like six or seven and, we used to travel to Mexico to Reynosa and it was, uh, I, I recall that Javier, we were driving in, uh, Javier's car and it was me, uh, Javier and Sylvia dad and it was mama and you, and we were driving. Do you, you know, do you recall that? Yeah. And then we were, we were driving to, to Malakoff, not Malakoff, but, uh, Reynosa, and it was real late at night. It was a stretch of road that was really dark. It was didn't have any lights. It was like almost like a desert. And I I remember I was sleeping in the back of of the station wagon, and I was half awake. And I recall that Javier was driving, and and I think Dad was in the passenger seat. You and Sylvia and Mama were in the in the back seat, and because uh, I think I was sleeping with Carol and George. And they were driving down this road, and there was there was some old ladies on the side of the road, out of nowhere, hitchhiking. Do you, do you recall this story? Yeah, um, I recall the story, but there weren't no ladies. There weren't no ladies. Uh, can you can you can can you tell the story? Yeah, um, we we weren't going to to Reynosa. We were coming from Reynosa. Oh, we were coming from Reynosa. Okay. Okay, we were coming, and it, it was like maybe three or four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom went taking mom to see a doctor out there, and then we were coming back. And uh, as Javier was driving the car, and so um, there was a lot of you know, it was very dark. Only our car was the only one. Right. Station wagon, and um, there was a lot of you know, like just grass on the sides, not a lot of wooded area, but you know, sort of right. And as we were coming, everybody was asleep, Sylvia was asleep, but I was awake. Yeah, I think, I think, I think I overheard, and I'll, I'll let you tell the story, but I think I overheard Mama yelling, and I woke up. And I caught the tail end of it, and I kind of pretend like I was asleep, but really I was awake. But go ahead. Go ahead with the story. Well, um, like you said, there were three ladies. But this is what I saw. Uh, Javier said, uh, he was telling my mother, I need to use a bathroom. And I need, I need to go here. I'm going to park right here on one side and go to the bathroom. Those little woods right there, he said. Mm-hmm. And Roma said, No, no, Javier, wait till we get to a filling station because you don't know. He said, Oh, no, I need to go. And he he stopped, he was about to stop the car. When he stopped the car, three figures came out of the wooded area and they were dressed like uh, one had a like black something, like a black thing on the head and the other. they look like women but they had a lot of paint on their faces and, and uh, like you know a lot of makeup mm-hmm. and uh 
throw that word, like dressing white. And 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 I started screaming, my mom started screaming, and and, and my mom said, No, Javier, don't stop, don't stop. And and so he didn't stop. And then he said, I, I don't even feel like going to the bathroom no more. But um I don't know what they were, I don't know who they were. Yeah. But I feel like if we had stopped, they would have killed us. Right. You don't, do you think there were real, there were people or there were, um, something else like a spirit or something? I feel like there were some kind of ghosts. Yeah. That's, that's what I feel. And I, I kept telling my mom, I said, my mom said, there were three women. I said, they could have been men, mom. And she said, I said, son, I told her in Spanish, son, fantasmas, fantasma means. Ghost. Ghost. Right. And so we 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 told that story when we got home. Yeah. I I, I didn't know you were with us. I didn't, I didn't remember that. But where could I have left you? I said I I didn't remember that you were with us. But where could I have left you? I, I never left you anywhere. Are you are you talking about whenever we were going to we we're coming from uh Reynosa? We, yeah, I was with you. I was I was in the back. I was in the back of the that station wagon sleeping. It was me, Carol. It was me, Carol, and George. George was really little. And you were how uh, how old? I was probably like five or six. And you and did you see anything? No, I only I only heard heard y'all yelling. That's all I heard. That was and I by the time I looked up, we were down the road already. And then, like, I pretended like I pretend like I was asleep, and I think um, either you or my mom was, you know, put your hand back there to see if we were still back there, and you were touching Carol and uh, George and me, and but I I do recall that, but I didn't I didn't I didn't see anything, so that was just me. But yeah, me and mom and, and Javier, uh, we we saw that, and and. Uh, I don't remember if it was Papa or your dad. They were asleep, I think. Yeah. But, but um, oh my God, if we had stopped, I don't know what would have happened. That was pretty scary. I mean, from what, uh, you know, stories on the side of the road and stuff like that, yeah. But, you know, um, there's a story that Steve can tell you. Uh, when... But he can tell you better than me because I, I don't I wasn't there and he was. Yeah. Has he ever told you that story? Yeah, I think he has. It was the one where they went over I think to over to White Rock. Um they went over to White Rock and there was like they were fishing on some some guy's land or some we had they the the guy had a house on on the lake and he granted I think uh to Joe or somebody access to go yeah. to go to go fish there and they and they did and they they ran into some lady and like when the some lady was walking up to them and trying to talk to them and then whenever they turned around and turned back around she was gone yeah that was scary that's interesting okay i wanted to oh yes one more question before you go okay yes. did the recording go good or not which recording 
that you recorded me right now. Yeah, I'm still recording you right now. What? <laughs> yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't stopped. Thanks right. for calling me. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Okay, I love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was my mom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bigfoot Club. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Ash Tucker, Stephen Robert Dominguez, Earl the Earl Kennedy. Believe in us, believe in Bigfoot Club, because we are too sweet.